options, choices, and we get and we're live ladies and gentlemen welcome to another show of in the mind of today we have a very special episode because we have a featured guest and it's miss s we've got simon in the house too hello what's going on we've got elizabeth there hello and ricky the soundboard guy the one and only missing my soundboard today and miss s over there virtually thank you for joining us how are you doing um i'm currently in my office and it's like hot as crazy right now wow but yeah, I would just like to say thank you. Thank you for joining us, uh, albeit virtually. We would have loved to have you in person, but due to Corona, the landscape of things, you know, um, preferences are to be virtual. And I'm just glad that you took your time out of your busy schedule to come and converse with us. Appreciate you. No problem. Anything for some old friends. Oh. That's that's facts. That's facts. And since <laughs> we go back, years. we go back. Twelve. What was 12 that? Years. Twelve, 12 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. we actually. Yeah. So just a little bit of background. So um, for the listeners, if you're not familiar with with these types of episodes in the mind of uh, it is where we bring a special guest to talk about certain perspectives. And uh, today we decided to bring a Bay Area middle school teacher and she actually turns out to be a very close friend of mine and anthony's yep um we as she mentioned met about 12 years ago during high school uh through a program that actually prepared high school kids for college right um i don't yep. know if i could shout it out shout out upward bound well there you go <laughs> pave the way pave the way for our friendship hey honestly though shout out to upward bound amazing it's, program it's a great yeah, great program throughout. Amazing, uh, amazing collegiate program. If there's any parents out there that have kids that are thinking of, well, I mean, you know, in this landscape, going to college, it's a really great program that could prepare them for any type of career that they want. I mean, you got a computer scientist here, you got a psychologist, you got a teacher. It works. You got it. It all. works. But enough about us. I actually, and I know the audience would too wants to know about you. So, Mrs. S, is it Mrs. or Miss? Miss, because I'm not married. Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Actually, did we want to start with the or should we introduce her first? I think you just did a great introduction. (laughs) All righty, then. I also I just want to say something really quick. All I right. know you mentioned a couple of different occupations here. Me and Ellie didn't attend this. Oh yeah, um, where's my shout out? This upward bound, but I mean we're we're pretty successful too. Okay, so oh just yeah, sure. you guys are just making y'all sure. are definitely yeah, successful. successful. <laughs> making sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right, Ant. What's up? What's your question? Let's All right. set the vibe. I got a question for you guys. Um, have you ever had a teacher that you kind of? seen as attractive like you kind of had the hots for Mm. and if so what grade was it and what subject were they teaching pe teacher 11th grade whoa i knew it i knew it pe teacher 11th grade 11th grade what 
made that teacher attractive? I mean, do you want to know everything about her? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No, I just remember her. Um, I'm, I'm not going to shout out her name, but yeah, she was my 11th grade physical team sports teacher and she was cool. Way to be respectful. Yes. I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that a lot. And life science, seventh grade. Nice. Okay. Ciao. <laughs> Ellie. Me. Um, what is it? History, freshman year. Um, human sexuality, senior year of college, mm. and hip hop, mm. senior year of college. Mm. Like they're really attractive. Two were really attractive. One was super intellectual. Mm. He which, mentioned the which one was the intellectual one? The human sexuality one. The hip hop teacher. No, Got the it. human sexuality one. Mm. Ricky, <laughs> I would say I never had the hots for any teacher because I respect all my educators. <laughs> oh wow! Just playing social studies teacher, seventh grade. <laughs> <laughs> Me and her had some history, you could say. Oh my oh. god. You are good. Show. You came to play today. He set that up. Yeah, he did. He knew. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> this is his real answer. Miss S. Sorry. Miss um, S. Have you, S. Have you ever had the hots for a teacher? And if no, so, what grade? No, you gave me such false hope because I was like, oh, wow, I won't be the only one. But then you totally just switched that up. <laughs> but no, because a, a lot of my teachers growing up were like old. And mm. so that was just as a youngster that's weird yeah yeah not even intellectually no because when i was younger i didn't think i didn't think a lot about school at the time which is like oddly enough on why i'm a teacher (laughs) that's like partially why i'm a teacher awesome ah interesting okay that actually brings it up because we were just gonna ask what made you get into teaching so the funny thing is growing up i always told my parents i was never going to be a teacher because i was like no i knew how i was a student and being it like i was like no i don't want to deal with any of that stuff yeah i changed my mind so much growing up and it was oddly enough it was weird that things that i did in high school and even in college was actually preparing me to be a teacher when i was in high school i was a tutor for middle schoolers when I was in college, my first two years of school, I was a tutor for middle school, oddly enough, sixth grade. And then after college, I worked with students in high school, mentoring them and tutoring them. So it was just very odd that everything I had done, I was like, no, I don't want to do this. Like, I'm not be a teacher. These are all temporary things. Mm-hmm. But then it's what led me to actually become a teacher. Okay. How do you think it got there like even though you kind of tried to push it away how did it maybe end up enticing you yeah how did it what was the calling so when i first started working at my job i was a part-time employee it was literally because like i'm out of college i'm broke i need money and it wasn't until because with schools no matter what position you are whether part-time or full-time um you either get asked to come back every year or, you know, you get fired. Um, And so I was in this boat where I was like, wait, I don't know if I'm coming back or not. So my principal at that time asked to, like, check in with me. And they had offered me this position where I would be, like, 
a sub, like the on-campus sub, but still like do like small groups of kids. And then so I was like, sure. It was my first salary job. Like I was like, great. This is like something I like want. Again, I was still thinking of this mindset like I'm broke. I'm supporting my family. This is what I need to do. Mm-hmm. And then I got asked. Literally, I was in that position like during summer. I did my like summer training. Literally, like thirty minutes of the first day, they're like, "How about you be the teacher for <laughs> sixth grade?" Because they were needing teachers, and that's the thing. Like, there's always positions needed for teachers. So I was like, "Am I even qualified? Like, I have no credential. I don't have anything." And like, "Oh, don't worry about that." There's like, there's different paths that you can take. So I was like, okay, like, why not? Like, let me try this out. And it wasn't until as I interacted more with kids is when I noticed that I can do so much more, especially for my community. Because I work in Eastside San Jose. I grew up in Eastside San Jose. I know the struggles of the kids there. Shout out to and the Eastside. so <laughs> I wanted to provide students with opportunities and share my story so that they can go a similar path that I did and not veer off as like what people in east side san jose are always perceived to potentially go Mm -hmm. let me ask you this question right off the bat Mm -hmm. so first of all thank you again for being with us obviously we wish we could have met in person but times are different in 2020 and speaking of 2020 what are the major challenges that you're now facing facing as an educator where there are a lot of schools, not only in the Bay Area, but in California and around the nation, that are having that debate about going to school from home and virtual learning. So what have been some of the struggles? Are you doing the whole virtual learning thing? And what does that look like for you? Yep. So when this first, when the COVID thing first hit, we, like most people are thinking it was like a temporary thing. Like, okay, We're going to give these kids these packets for like two to three weeks. Then we're going to come back. And it wasn't until when it was like, okay, we're not going to come back for the rest of the school year, which at that time was for me two, two and a half more months of school. And so I was like, okay, I don't know how these kids do. They have access to internet at home. Um, I serve a school where we have a lot of students um, that are, Um, below their grade level that they're currently at. So just providing the opportunities for them through education was a a challenge. Um, I had a lot of kids who weren't doing work, not for two reasons. One, because they didn't know how to do it, and there wasn't time that we had set um, to like, okay, let me hop on the computer. You know, now I'm teaching you, like, class. That was – those conversations didn't happen when this first started. Now that I'm in the platform, and again, the platform that I'm doing is very different than what a lot of teachers are doing. There are some schools that are doing hybrid where some kids are going in person mm-hmm. and doing online. Yep. Or um, what I do is I teach from 8 o'clock to 2 o'clock, like live on the computer. Mm. Um, some schools are only doing it like two times a week. We're doing it four times a week. Nice. Um, and one of the challenges is is just trying to find formats so that the kids can still be interactive a with me as a teacher but then also with each other yeah because with kids their biggest thing on where they learn social skills is through school mm-hmm. how to be polite how like manners like courteous like things like that mm. now 
you know, we always tell kids, like, go play outside. Go, you know, throw a football. Now it's like, now you need to be on the computer. Yeah. yeah. The thing that we always tell kids not to do is what they need to now do. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, mm. I could imagine so, that being, like, a struggle. Like, for me personally, like, I couldn't even imagine going to school right now, like, during this time because, like, you're kind of – you have so many distractions, right? Especially in today's age with having like our phones and Instagram and TikTok and all this fun other stuff. Like it's such a big distraction to be able to, even working from home myself personally, I still get kind of like distracted from things. So dang, that's, yeah, it must be tough. Yeah. I bet if I was in school, I probably would have dropped out <laughs> twice. <laughs> don't, don't give that out no. to those listeners, man. Kidding. Come on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, no, that's, that's, that's it's tough. Hard. It is. It's hard. And so what are you guys doing? So what we do is, so our kids have school from 8 to 2. Well, I, the school I work at, were, we were originally 5 through 8, but we're adding, like, elementary. So their schedule is much different. Um, but with my grade level, what they do is we have kids from 8 to 2. They get an hour lunch. Um, and they're like in class, like learning with us. Um, and then on Wednesdays they do like a check-in with us and we tell them like, okay, you're now going to do your, it's called asynchronous learning. So basically you're doing the, the learning online, like on your own at your own pace. Mm-hmm. Um, and on those days we tell, okay, you're going to do this, 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 and this, um, by 12 o'clock and then you're done for the day. While us as teachers, that's the time we have our meetings, professional development, um, we have all those on Wednesdays. Um, and so that's what our kids do. So my kids, so I teach math and science. So I teach two classes of math, two classes of science. Um, I also teach um, like an intervention class, which like everyone gets. And we just practice different skills in math that kids may su- need support on. And then just this year, I teach students um, that are English learners um, and help them get ready for their test that they take at the end of the year to potentially reclassify them as English proficient. I took that test and I passed. So it's all virtual? It's all online? It's all virtual. Mm-hmm. How do you like it? I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I miss my kids. I yeah. like something mm. that I really enjoyed. So the group that I had last year, I never got to like finish in person with them. Yeah. And something oh, that I always enjoyed um, and I get complimented on this as a teacher is just the relationships I build with students. Yeah. And so every morning after like we do like our little huddles, kids would always come inside my class. Like my classroom would be full of kids, like nice. even before the day started. Kids are like talking to me about their days. They're like complaining, of course, as always, because I'm in their middle school. They're going to complain. <laughs> um, and like I can't do that now. I mm. can't just like I mean, I could like open up my my zoom class and be like hop on in but it's not the same as like in person yeah Um, and even just interacting with my coworkers, like i one of my teacher friends who's like an amazing friend he always would come he always would come in like interact with my kids um always check in see if i needed things but like now because of our schedules are like we can't do that Mm. um and so i i don't like it also i mean like I'm literally on my computer, no joke, from 7.30 in the morning to about 10.30 to midnight. Wow. Just sitting, sitting in my chair on my computer doing work. Wow. Yeah. Has your, has your workload, so I know, like, 
like in person, right? You'd have to sit there, you'd have to grade test, you'd have to, you know, kind of do a lot. But has the workload increased for you now throughout this whole COVID situation, or is it like yeah. oh, it has, right? Oh, it has. Okay, definitely. Because I mean, in terms of like my planning, that has. I mean, I've been unfortunate. I've been teaching sixth grade math for now four years, so like wow, that aspect is like a bit easy. Mm-hmm. Um. But I mean, I'm teaching a new class that I've never taught before. So learning that um, I'm also, so I'm in a position where I'm not fully credentialed. I have this thing called a preliminary. There are still things that I have to do in order to be fully credentialed. Um, and again, there's, that's the only bright side of COVID that has happened for me is because Newsom had passed this, um, this uh, bill or law to where like it kind of helps out teachers because a lot of the testing we couldn't do we couldn't do because we can't go to testing centers Mm -hmm. so literally if this did not happen i also could have potentially not been in the position i'm in because there were still things i had to finish before like a certain deadline um and so planning is just it's gone a little bit more intense like literally like my notebook if this thing ever got wet or damaged i i'd I'd be done because yeah, <laughs> literally everything that I plan is in there. Mm-hmm. And then also we have the part where if students don't come to class, now we have that extra step of contacting families, seeing what they need. Some, some families, they don't have internet. Yeah. Some families, because of, especially with the stuff with the fires mm-hmm. and because a lot of people are using internet, like power is going out. Like yeah. my power went out in the middle of me teaching a class. Oh my God. And wow. So, Wait. Yeah, it, it was, it, I was in the middle of teaching a math class, and I was like, kid asked a question, I was going over, and then power off. Immediately <laughs> called my boss, and I was like, my power's out. So I had to, like, race to, to my work mm. um, to, like, be able to teach. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's just so many now, there's so many factors now that you, that we as teachers have to take in consideration. Like, I have some students where I've never met them. We've been in school for three weeks because they have no internet. Wow, and it's wow. like we have to we have to order hotspots, and those take long yeah. to come. Yeah. They're in high demand. How does and so, how does that work? Where you get that notification that students don't have access to Wi-Fi, and I also understand that possibly like it's a, it's a whole family that's being impacted, where a lot of families and people within those families they unfortunately lost their jobs or may have only been working part time. So how can you explain to us how maybe your school your district is kind of handling that and helping those students with that digital divide so with students who don't have internet one of the things that um we first share out with them is xfinity offers free wi-fi but again Mm. it depends on where you're at Mm. um so that's one option we offer out to parents um, and families and if they can't do that then we give them a hotspot device so where they just connect it to their computer and then they now have internet does the school um, pay for that yeah i was about to ask that oh we pay for it so yeah. we pay for it and then we give it to, to families as a loan um and then whenever they're done they return it back to us. same thing with their with the computers we did a like pickup delivery um where we gave students materials so for example like i gave all of my students a notebook because i know that could be something they can't potentially get Mm -hmm. and so giving them that giving them their chromebooks for their elementaries students we give them ipads um yep damn hello man i don't even i don't even got an ipad (laughs) and this is all done 
by like it's funded by the school like or the district or is there an so, outside donation no so we we get our uh money from the government okay um but there also i mean there's been some budget cuts um Ooh. with my school we had a quite a few budget cuts um and again i literally like my school's leadership team i don't even think i could do their job mm. with like the like political like outside factors that they have to that they go through and talk about um again there was still that decision on could we even teach in person mm-hmm. and um if we do teach in person we have to follow the guidelines of santa mm-hmm. clara county health mm-hmm. um and so we're they're all trying to figure that stuff out with also like you know there's some budget cuts that we you know yeah. how to go through um and again also like if I didn't think this was a thing when I was in school, mm-hmm. but <laughs> if kids don't go to school, mm-hmm. the school doesn't get money, money because students have a cost to them. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one of the biggest things that like my school is is working on and trying to maintain is having those attendance pieces. Yeah. So our school has to have 95% of attendance of students attending in order for us to get funding. Wow. wow. So let's say that you only get 90% of your of your student attendance. Does that mean that the government doesn't give you your funding for the year? Or it's not as so much? So that I don't know the specifics of, but I know there's, wow. there's certain checks that we have. So we always have to report our attendance in certain, um, in certain chunks um, in order for us to get our funding. That's Another crazy. thing, since I work at a charter school, um we also we get renewals um and so right and i think about a few more months or maybe in like january or so my school is trying to get we're gonna get our potentially the renewal of our charter Mm. so there's so many factors i don't even know all the factors Mm -hmm. that go into it yeah but there's like so many factors in it and that and that's why a lot of charter schools do close down is because they don't get their charters renewal Mm. um the charter system that the charter school that I work for, um, one of our schools was going through a battle of potentially not getting renewed. Thankfully, they were able to get renewed, mm-hmm. um, and so um, one of our high school also was able to get their renewal. Nice. Um, so we're hoping that we'll also get ours. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think the thing that I like about my charter is the community really fights for it. Okay. Nice. Uh, and so that's why the charters that the schools were able to get renewed was because of a lot of the parent involvement. But again, that's there's good. people out there that don't like charter schools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember really not thinking too highly of them. I don't know why. Maybe just because they were different from like regular public schools. And I don't know. It just sounded like they were a little bit more stricter. Like, didn't you were you educated through the public school system growing up? Yeah. Is it so different than the charter? It, it is, and I think in the perspective of I'm thinking as being a student in the, so I went, I was a part of Sounds Unified, and so I went through the entire like public school system. With the charter school, it is a bit, a bit different. We have a little bit more autonomy on how we structure classes. So like mm. when I went to public school, I had six periods. I had mm. like the, the common um, like school subjects and like an elective. Yeah. With us, we just started electives mm. with our students last year. Um, but then also what we have that we provide for all students is like um, 
kind of intervention courses so we're like we just practice different skills um what does that mean like they're addicted to chocolate milk and you help them get off of it or like what kind <laughs> no, of intervention no, not academic intervention okay. what does that mean you intervene yeah so it's so if i so i have a lot of kids who don't know their fluency who don't know their multiplication mm. and so what i do in my block structure is I do fluency activity games with them mm. to help build in that time. It gives me that extra time um, to do it. That's something you don't get in the public school. Facts. Um, I was actually a student who went through the entire public school without being diagnosed with dyslexia. I did not find <gasps> I was out dyslexic until I was 19 years old. 19? So you were in I college. Was, I was in college, yeah. What? I found out in college. And it wasn't until when I got to college where my first semester, I failed all of my midterms. I was like, I studied so much. Like, how how did I fail? And I always had the mindset, like, I wasn't ready for college. And so, like, that's why I kept thinking. I was like, see, I was right. I wasn't meant for college. I wasn't supposed to come right now. I should have taken my year off. Mm. But it wasn't until with our program that we were all in, as we were in, it wasn't until they said, go ask for help. Go go talk about maybe you have test anxiety um and so i went in college and then that's when i got tested and i found out i had dyslexia now wait do you think but, this is a testament to the school system not looking out for you sooner or oh yeah you, really definitely because when i was in public school and th- and this is all all of my experiences go into why i'm still doing teaching and why i'm going to continue doing teaching because when i was in public school i like you could not get me to pay pay attention in English. No way, no how. I always talked, hardly did my work. I was in AP classes, and when we would do like the practice AP test, I literally just drew on my paper, and then I was like, oh, 10 minutes, and then I would just write gibberish. Same. Because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to read very well. I didn't know the structure, and it was just like, oh, she needs to study harder. She (laughs) needs to do more work. She needs to stop talking. No, it's because I didn't know how to read very well. And and so with me as a teacher, if I see a student struggling, there's a process that we have to see, okay, could this child have just be a bit below grade level and they just need intervention activities? Or does this student have a potential learning disability? Mm. I didn't have that in public school. And so the, the structures and ways that we have potentially help you know figure out the needs for our students we always mm-hmm. talk about the needs for our students every decision that it, you make as a teacher is okay is this going to benefit my student at the end of the day oh yeah. yeah those are the best teachers right there the ones that actually yeah. care about you like don't just you know wave it off as like oh they're just not trying it's like no sometimes i just need a little bit more attention whether it be my my experiences at home, whether it be m- lack of resources or even, mm-hmm. you know, a mental or what it, a learning disorder is. Is that would that be the appropriate term like a I, I've always used the term men- or, um, learning disability disability. I mean, my bad. I, yeah. Nah. Disorder sounds sounds <laughs> a little extreme. out of order. Sorry. Wow. So Sorry. I would hit the rim shot if I had my soundboard. <laughs> I want to know one thing because Miss S, I was bad at math. I could not do it. I, it, I, it was something completely foreign to me. So I just want to know, how did you get into teaching math and science? Science I could do. 
math it was just i my, my hands are getting sweaty just talking about math or just thinking about me and my math classes throughout middle school and high school so how did you get into teaching those subjects that was the only subject i liked really, really? wait wait math wow. Ricky I likes math. math and science what about math i, I want to know because so, you're the that's the first you're the first person i've ever heard say that math wow how did you get I, into that math because okay now you may have heard this quote from a movie okay I have heard this quote since I was growing up, and I did not see this girl. This, I did not see this quote until it was the movies. So math is a universal language. You might have seen that from Mean Girls. Mean Girls. <laughs> like she's like, I love math because it's the same in every country. Yes, which it is. I it's mean, a universal language. That she yeah. just said that. And <laughs> so I, I have students who are English learners. Um, predominantly at my school, we have a lot of Spanish speakers. Um, I don't speak Spanish. I was not fortunate enough to speak Spanish. Um, and so I'm able to teach my kids through math. Like it's just, it's a lot, it's, I don't want to say easy. I never liked the word easy, <laughs> but it's just, it's a better, it's, it's easier for me to teach a kid that's an English learner math than if I was going to teach them through ELA, which I give my partner teacher like major props for the work she does. Mm. Nice. Um, cause I'm just like, I, I taught, I taught ELA for the summer my first time. I don't know how I made it through the five weeks of doing that, but I did my best with it. <laughs> but no, I, I loved math. It was, I just, I love numbers. Like yeah. I just, words confused me. Yeah. I, and I love that there's always a right answer. Like if yes. you follow this formula, which is, Honestly, I'm about to get in my math bag right oh now. Oh, my Cause, God. Cause, cause, You're going to lose me, but go ahead. So there was literally a video I saw on Twitter the other day where a girl was, like, doing a TikTok of her doing her makeup, and then she starts going off, like, random question, but you guys ever just oh, think like about how math is made up? Oh. Like, who the hell just thought of numbers equating this and then doing this, and, like, it, it can work and all of this? And it's been a, a philosophical question in math forever. And even in the world, just like it's a man-made concept if you think about it. But it's it's a natural thing that happens. But it works. It's yeah. weird. You know, it's somehow some. I think it was um, the first number system was created in Arabic. And somehow people figured out that, you know, if we just put these symbols to mean this, and ultimately, the universe, nature itself, has mathematical patterns. Yeah. It's weird. There's a golden circle. There's a um, what's the uh, well, the spiral? Like, isn't there? Well, like you have. You also have like the golden ratio. The which golden talks, ratio, which talks about like you know face. Math, math is just everywhere. It's yeah. yeah it's it's it. it also explains like why we're attracted to certain things mm -hmm. you know why like some things just look more visibly visually appealing and to me that's just amazing like how does math jump into that i don't get you, you lost na me there, nature is math bro like nate like literally nature is made up there's like, math you can, and science you can literally put yeah exactly yeah. like physics right somehow newton from a an apple falling on his head astronomy figured out yeah physics gravity he figured out how things can can work together how numbers work together to create what happens in the world around us and you know what they use that for they use that to get to space yeah, yeah. they use that for inner like interplanetary travel like how is that not amazing from someone just 
coming up with the number, coming up with this, to seeing how shit works, to an apple falling, to them figuring out gravity, to us literally making a spaceship to go into the into yeah. outer space. See, if we talked about math like that when Ooh. I was in school, I would have had fun. And <laughs> not, if, you know what I mean? Like, you if know, you think about it, like math, God gave us math and science so that we could measure how beautiful the world is. Oh, oh, God wow. damn, that is a bar. We're wrapping up that early. <laughs> that is a bar. <laughs> Jeez, and that's that. Uh huh. Sorry. I, I will say this though, because again, I was a, I was someone like ELA. Mm -mm, I couldn't <laughs> like reading. I don't know how I'm. Jeez, I don't know how I made it through, but like I. I now see as a teacher also how important like literacy is like, you know, liter like every teacher is a literacy teacher. Even though I teach math and science, I deal with literacy. Having kids speak up to read the, the word problems in math, having to annotate the problems, pulling out the key things. I was fixated for like my first two years of teaching that like, I like if kids ask me like ELA questions, like, no, go, go, go to the other teacher. Like, don't ask me. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until like more conversations with like my boss and other teachers that like literacy is also everywhere as well. And like, that's the thing. Like I have kids that like same boat as me do not like it. And I tell them that like, it is still everywhere. They're mm. like, even in math, even with numbers, mm -hmm. however, math, I, I hope I get to teach it forever. I'm a multiple <laughs> subject teacher. Okay. So I could potentially be told, Oh, this year you'll teach ELA in history. Yeah, what, I hope that for happen. anyone who, because I I'm unfamiliar. What does ELA stand for? English language arts. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's like when you're not fluent yet, got you know, it. Trying to no, that's, establish. Yeah, that's English. That's that's ESL. ESL. It's what? That's, yeah. So so ELA is like the English class. What oh. you were mentioning, that's English language development. So ELD. That's for okay. Mm -hmm. So that's for students who are bilingual who are practicing English to become mm. more fluent. And that's actually something that I'm newly teaching this year, Ooh. is I'm teaching students that are English language learners. That was actually like kind of my story when I was in, yeah, middle school, where all my elementary school, I was in bilingual classes. So history was taught in English, science was taught in Spanish, math was taught in English, and then something else was taught in Spanish. So that was my whole life. And then I believe it was either sixth or seventh grade, where they just told me like, okay, you need to take this exam. And I had to write an essay. I wrote an essay. I passed it. And then the next semester, all my classes changed to where I was, I, I call it, I was put into the white people, like in the white kids <laughs> classes, because I was now considered like, oh, you're proficient. So that was my story yep. where I tested out, I guess, but I was yep. just like, yep. okay. I mean, that's good. You, you don't want to keep going into a development class when you're already developed, yeah. right? So it was, it was for me, it was like a little bit different because mm -hmm. I never felt like, oh, I'm still learning English. It was just like, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just <laughs> bilingual and yeah. I just tested out. That's different from then how, how, how my school does in a lot of schools. So what you were describing, you went to a dual language school. Yeah. We don't offer that at my charter school. If I have, and I have a lot of students that are newcomers, we teach them in English. We do provide them resources in Spanish as well. So like my students, I teach them in English, um, but their homework is in Spanish. Mm, um, or I do weird. that translation where they'll see the English on top and then they see Spanish in the bottom. Mm. Um, and so there are, however, a lot of students. So when you are a parent and you're applying for your kid for a school, you tell them your home language, um, home language is English because they don't want to put them in 
those types of they don't want them to be in those types of classes because then they're like being potentially seen as like different mm. um yeah I mean, exactly now we're, this, now we're in this culture you know in this society where it's like you speak spanish you can have someone come up to you start saying go back to your country go back to this Ooh. and so that's something that's real for some families is mm. they don't want their to the reason why i didn't learn spanish growing up mm. i yeah. did know a little bit but then there's a part where my parents stopped teaching me spanish because they didn't want me to go through what they had went through mm. um and I so that. i mean that's also another thing that happens with with education that's why we try and tell parents like Putting your child as bilingual is not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, I always tell my students that are bilingual, like, I'm jealous of you because I wish I knew Spanish. Right? I wish I knew another language. Hell yeah. Um, and I tell them that with this ELD class, it's not seen as like a special class or like a bad class. Like, I'm helping you develop another part of your skills so that when you get into the work field, you are bilingual. You know both Spanish and English. Right. And you have so many more opportunities yep. being bilingual absolutely um, and so that's why i try and tell kids they're like why do i have to be here like i already know english and like there's different parts of it but the part that you mentioned mm -hmm. with the test that students take it's been changed so many different times mm -hmm. yeah that, that happened to me like a long time ago yeah. girl. we now call it lpac and so there's Ooh. a speaking a writing and a reading aspect of it and if you do get there's like different levels again like kids are on a spectrum with it like you could be a level three student but be in a different part of it um and so when a student gets reclassified it just tells the state that now this student is proficient with their english while also being bilingual yeah that was in me. another language that's cool that was me got it can i so when did you start teaching again four years ago Four years ago, so I so I started working at my job in 2007 in February. Oh wow! I officially started teaching, like my first class, um, August of 2017. Okay, you said 2017. Oh, Teen. did I? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 2017 is oh, when okay. I started teaching. Oh, okay. I was 22. Okay. Okay. From so, me, I wasn't like a. I wasn't the best student and it's not because I couldn't be, it was because I probably just didn't want to be. Um, and I want to ask you this because it's more from like, a, I've, I've always been in the student perspective and you kind of have been in both. Um, I was always the person to sit in the front of the class, bring my teacher stuff so that way I can suck. I was trying to be oh the teacher's teachers just saying it straight up. Teachers I want to ask you and I want to kind of see if this is real. Does it work for you? Has it worked for you? Have you had that kid in the class who maybe isn't the best? She's blushing already. But he he came he came prepared with compliments and he made everybody in the class listen, but he didn't do it himself. I'm <laughs> being super so, specific. <laughs> I the the concept of a teacher pet varies amongst just how kids and like how teachers see it. Yeah. I've definitely had kids who are like I want to participate all the time, like that kind of teacher's pet. And I've also had kids that like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to try and like distract my teacher <laughs> so that like, I don't got to do what I got to do. Yeah. I've definitely have fallen under the trap of like kids doing things to just make me laugh. Yeah. To like distract me. I can get like caught up in conversations with kids, like in the middle of class, like there's been times where I'm like, okay, kids, now we get to get back to work. And then they're like, no, more, more. I'm like, no, no, we need to get back. I've definitely <laughs> they're like, tell like us crazy college stories. 
Oh, I've never been asked that. Uh, These are middle schoolers. We know what kind of student Ricky was. I'm trying to like put myself back as like a 13, 14 year old girl in middle school and how that was. Oh, I definitely put myself, when I first started teaching, I definitely put myself, I was like, and I, I, when I would tell kids like through the rough times that we have, I was like, I get it. I was like, I was in your shoes. They're like, no, you aren't. They literally think born adult. <laughs> like, that's how kids see Yeah. Like, you were born, now you're an adult. I'm like, no. <laughs> I was like, I was definitely the kid that, like, sat in the back and talked and, like, got my name on the board or was like, hey, we're going to go home. Okay, now be good. I was definitely that kid. Don't, I was not like, oh, like, I copied it when I was in school because I was like, I don't know what to do. That's why I tell kids to not copy. Yeah. It's not going to benefit you. Absolutely I always not. tell kids, don't, don't lie to me. The truth always comes out, That's and it true. definitely has. Let me ask it you. Always comes out. Let me ask you a question. What's like one of the funniest things, mo maybe like most memorable to you, that one of your students has done, like during class? So, it was my. I have two, and I literally <laughs> it's from my like both of these just popped up. <laughs> one of them, however, was my fault on why it's the funny story. So. In my classroom, so my first year teaching, I had a portable. Um, and so I also had a bathroom in my class. So if kids need to what? go to the bathroom, I was just like, hey, go. Dang. So I had a kid was like, oh, can I go to the bathroom? I was like, sure. Now, my classroom, the lights in the bathroom would only go on if the main classroom lights were on. So if you turned off the main classroom lights, the bathroom <gasps> lights would go off. <laughs> So he was like, can I go to the bathroom? I was like, sure, go. I like, you also lose track of time, like how long these kids in the bathroom, like kids could just stand in there to get away from work. I was like, it's your choice. So I was like, okay, kids, we're not going to watch a video because I was doing science. So I went, I turn off the lights. You just hear a shriek. <laughs> and I like, turn on the lights and I was like, what happened? The kid comes out of the bathroom, like a little dramatic, but then he's like, Miss, you turn off the lights. I I couldn't I couldn't stop laughing. It was the funniest thing ever. I bet it was pitch like, black oh too. I and no, and it literally was dark because also, I mean, this is not like one of my funny ones. Cause like I would sometimes I'd be like, okay, like watch the class. Like I need to go use the restroom real quick. So I would have kids like watch the class. I had kids turn off the lights on me. And I'm like, y'all, that's not funny. Wow. wow. That's bold. Yeah, that's I had twice and I was like, bold. I got so mad. And How I was like, shitty. Get it. Yeah. But <laughs> And so the second one, so one of my kids, he really had to go to the bathroom. He didn't want to use the one in class. I was like, fine, you can go out. I have also a lock block. So like I can like lock I can keep block. my main I can keep I can keep my main door locked in case like there's like a, if there's like a code red, I can just move the thing, lock it, and I don't have to like risk my own life and like go out and like lock the door. Mm. So I don't know what happened, but I guess what crashed into can you and repeat just, that story? Yes. Yeah, we, we kind of we kind of glitched like, that. I was like, it cut. So I had a kid like he had to go to the bathroom. My sinus passed. Somehow the door was locked. So the lock locked. So you had to like actually move the handle. Mm. He ran full speed into <laughs> the door. Oh no! Oh my god! I could just imagine. He just like like ricochet. Bumped. Yeah, ricochet. Hey, I hear someone. Hello. Awesome. Sorry about that. Hold on, hold on. See, that's what happens when you teach. <laughs> right? Does that happen often? Um, for me, it has yet to happen more than once. When I was teaching summer school, it literally happened like crazy. Wow. This year it happened to me once. 
but also I know it's happened to a couple of some of my coworkers. Mm -hmm. But also because we use Zoom, so there mm -hmm. was a moment where like Zoom like was having their own technical difficulties. Oh, wow. Like students couldn't get in, teachers couldn't get in. So that's mm -hmm. a real thing that just happened with teachers. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. real. No, absolutely. And I think like the more people are using all of these um, sites and video conferencing um, tools, they're kind of getting overloaded because their servers are definitely. Yep have some sort of capacity on it too so yeah yeah i mean sorry about that yeah oh no no need to apologize i was like <laughs> it's like is it me i was like what happened <laughs> cool speaking of like zoom stuff so like right now i know like i've been seeing a lot of things on like the internet ig specifically related to people acting a fool online doing crazy things right i've seen kids on the shitter like you know sitting there like going to the bathroom i've seen people just doing some outlandish stuff have you experienced anything like that with one of your kids on the Zoom call? N nothing like that crazy. <laughs> I mean, I I have had kid well, I have had situations still also going through it where kids like rename themselves like things, try and like interrupt the class by like <laughs> shouting out through it and then like signing off. That's like just been one of the common things that's been happening. I haven't had a kid like have their camera on and they're doing something like weird <laughs> yeah like, i have kids that like i see them playing with like their toys around their house and so i'm like oh okay like put this down but i haven't seen anything like crazy i have seen videos that you're talking about and, like <laughs> my mom will also see that my sister and they'll send it to me and they'll be like does this happen like no it doesn't happen. <laughs> that's funny mm -hmm. but I, yeah i saw this girl where you know how like you can change your background on like zoom mm -hmm. So there was one where she downloaded this software onto her computer that made herself look like a tomato. And <laughs> for some reason, she couldn't take it off. So for the entire like week, she was a tomato. And it's it's so cute because it's it's kind of it's that filter where it just shows like your mouth and mm -hmm. your eyes. Mm -hmm. So she was a tomato and then her eyes look so sad. And she she posted a video and like you see the whole class and then she's just the one as a tomato. And it's uh -huh. the cutest, funnest. Cute. It was just really cute and funny, and it was innocent, but it was just funny. She was she was a yeah. tomato. Zoom also has like those things where you can like change your background. Um, I have one coworker. She changes her background, but I guess it just doesn't make it seem nice. Like in the sense, like my some of my coworkers have like nice backgrounds. Like it's like when they're in the shot, like it's not anything weird. But for my coworker, when she's in it, the picture also goes to her face. Mm. <laughs> and so, like, she has, she, like, it was my coworker's birthday, so she changed her background to happy birthday, and it was, like, a green background, but her face was also green. Mm. Oh, my God. Registering. It was the funniest thing. But then also, like, Zoom has these things where you can, like, do, like, virtual backgrounds like that, yeah. but also, like, you can change your border. You can add, like, a fake mustache. I, like, discovered this last Friday with two of my coworkers. We literally wasted our work time, like 30 minutes, just playing around with it. It was the funniest thing ever. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't. Like, it was just too funny. I feel um, it. So you, you got to, when you're in virtual life, yeah. you got to find ways to entertain yourself. Absolutely. And that's, that's the big thing right now. And that's really why we wanted to get you on and get your perspective, because this is something that's never been done before. This, you know, this is the first time I would say confidently in history where a nation has had to basically shut down its buildings and tell teachers you have to remote teach and it's it's just bizarre how yeah how this is um and i'm glad that you came and, and really talked about 
you know, all the ways that that you're helping, you're still helping kids get through this. You're you're still teaching. You're still providing this type of benefits. I wanted to ask you, Miss S. Uh, is there anything that you would like the audience to know, everyone listening in, parents, you know, anybody, students, students um, your you know, students, if maybe there's like some ways where we can help maybe that other people don't know, maybe like during classes, you know, um, try not to do this because kids are more focused or, you know, anything that we might not know, seeing as we don't we aren't the, the ones behind the screen teaching the the next generation. Is there anything you'd like to add? To add? I think for both families and students, I mean, and even teachers, like, just be patient with everything that's going on. Um, I know sometimes there are families where, like, schools are calling them, like, your student's not online, this and this. Like, you know, being patient with it. Because, again, we don't know each, like, we don't know family stories. Um you know, they may not have the resources, like, but then also, like, on the school side, like, you know, it might take us some time to get some resources to you all, um, and so just being patient. I think for people that aren't educators and that aren't in this teaching, like, virtual situation, I think, like, be mindful of what you're saying because there are definitely people out there that now through this virtual time, they've recognized that like teachers do do a lot of work for their students. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but then you have some p people that think we're glorified babysitters. Um, and so I think like to those people, like it goes the same thing with anything like, you know, walking in someone else's shoes, like teaching's hard in person. Yeah, It's even harder virtually now. <laughs> And so, like, to people who, like, are just, like, who are, like, teachers should go back to school. Like, it's for the kids. Then again, we also have this, like, COVID situation where, like, I'm not going to risk the health of my students for me to, like, have it a bit easier to teach in person. Yeah. Um, and so, I think just, like, patience with everything that's going on. Um people should wear their mask please yes. do yes. so yes. yeah we are we're definitely advocates of, of the mask wearing um even when we sneeze ricky um mm. <laughs> yep i'd be i'd be just taking it i'd just be <laughs> mouthful of snot awesome also my opinion from one of your previous videos it's okay to sneeze in your mask <laughs> it's fine yes. it's not weird it's not gross it's fine yes thank you thank you thank you <laughs> thank you thank you so much thank you all right. Thank yeah. you, Miss S. I think it's Thanks, Miss S. I feel awesome. like because you're a teacher, I, I want to be like on my best behavior. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm yeah, sitting I'm here like, like all like. <laughs> yeah, Hello. I swallowed yeah. my gum. Miss <laughs> <laughs> S, once again, thank you for joining us. I think it's about that time, and we want to, before we go, we want to leave some words of wisdom to our audience. And. We'll start it off with, with you, Miss S. Oh, oh man, I got put on the spot. That made me out of everything that was asked. That made me a little bit more nervous. Uh, no, you're fine. No, we can we can circle um, around. No. Okay, go go go. No, I like. And when he when when Ricardo told me, I was like, okay, I know what I'm gonna say. And then as you said it, like went out my head. No. But I, I would want people to at the end of the day, think about what you've done, 
and it wasn't for your best interest. Because I think as people, we don't think about taking care of ourselves. Yeah. And so, awesome. at the end of the day, think about what you did for your best interest. Nice. Thanks. Cool. Let's go with Ricky. I would like to say that on the topic of teachers having a an educator here and me personally I've always respected educators tremendously I wanted to be a teacher myself I just want to leave you with a quote from Mustafa Kemal Ataturk who said a good teacher is like a candle it consumes itself to light the way for others That's good. Wow It's lit <laughs> Candle lit Let's go with Elizabeth. Well, Mrs. S, thank you so much for being with us today. We really, really appreciate and we really do appreciate everything you do and everything teachers do. You guys literally teach the next generation. And through all the teachers that I had, I just want to leave everyone with this, which is something that I learned. Knowledge is power because knowledge is the one thing that no one can take away from you. Thank you for that. And Simon. Um, for anyone listening, uh, it is hard to be, to stay attentive, to be kind of in these classes. But um, a quote I want to say is, education is the passport to the future. For tomorrow belongs to those who prepare for it today. Nice. Very good. Thanks. And <clears throat> last but not least, I just want to leave everybody off with this. Like I said earlier, God gave us math and science to measure how beautiful the world is. And teachers are doing God's work. So, Miss S, keep teaching, keep doing God's work. And I uh, salute you. I salute all teachers. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. With that, thank you. thank you very much. Have a good night. Hey there, thanks again for listening to this episode of Down in the Basement Podcast. I appreciate you tuning in. And uh, follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at We The Basement. Interact with us. We'd love to hear from you guys. Until then, see you next week.
Hey there, thanks again for listening to this episode of Down in the Basement Podcast. I appreciate you tuning in. And uh, follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at WeTheBasement. Interact with us. We'd love to hear from you guys. Until then, see you next week.